0: Yo, this is episode, I think, 64 of Invite the Neighbors. I'm your host, Brian Porter. Um, if this is your first time listening, welcome. Um, I appreciate it. Feel free to go through the archives, see if you recognize any band names or bands that's been on the podcast previously. Um, this episode is with almost made a mixtape from Southeast Michigan. Um, we had a good time, chatted it up over Discord again because everyone's inside. Um, hopefully, you guys are staying safe you're not one of those people that fucking throws your rubber glove in the parking lot and you leave meyer don't be one of those people um, but for real you know if there's anything you can do to support musicians that are traveling right now like buying merch buying records um, you know I'd encourage you to do that I'm lucky you know that I've been able to keep my job but a lot of people have to do it too so just you know try to do what you can um And if you are one of those people struggling, you know, I feel for you. And hopefully this podcast is maybe some solace for an hour and a half. Hopefully forget about your problems for a little bit, because that's kind of what it is for me. Um, But anyways, yeah, check out Almost Made the Mixtape. I think they got a couple albums on Spotify. I think they're on most social media as at AMTM band. Um, Yeah. All right. Enjoy the episode.
1: Yeah, you guys heard that shit? That was awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's every almost every podcast I've done since this quarantine like starts off talking about Craig going no recording. He's, uh, <laughs> he's intimidating, a... man. He just says it
1: with such authority, man. It like,
2: like the start of a like a video game or something.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. yeah I don't game. It's in it it... the
1: movie Ready Player One. Yes, I, I feel not. like that would be something you would hear like oh, when yeah, you like sure. get into one of the pods. Like it'd be pretty cool.
3: I was thinking that, or like Tron. Yeah,
0: for sure. Who's who's in Ready Player One? Who's like the star of that movie?
3: Uh some kid actor, dude. I don't. I forget uh, his name. Honestly, it's uh, it was a Spielberg movie. I know that much, but on. that's all I can tell you. I'm sitting yeah. at a computer. I can I can Google that shit.
0: Yeah, let's let's start off with obscure obscure technical mu- movie one. references.
2: Yeah, feel free to cut <laughs> us off at any point because we will keep talking about this concept.
3: Kind of oh yeah, no, we are we are <laughs> we're the worst <laughs> when it comes totally to It's totally fine.
0: I'll you know, I'll happily cut you off when I feel like it. Sometimes I have to, you know, just not because I don't like the conversations, but like sometimes like for instance, a recent episode I had to cut off the band because they were like I was enjoying it, but they were talking about just van problems for like we were on going on like half an hour just talking about that and I was like, Oh shit, I haven't really asked you any questions like (laughs) you know i like i want the whole point of the podcast and this is like the corny spiel is like to give bands a platform to like one show their actual personalities to like whoever they share the episodes with but like also you know talk about what goes into their music sort of thing like what their band is all about um but, but also like i feel like you know the first part of that is like showing your personality and like part of that is just talking about whatever comes up. So we weave in and out of the, uh, you know, nonsense and in, in musical talk. Okay, um, cool. But where are you guys from?
3: So, uh, I currently live in, uh, Westland, Michigan.
0: Oh, not far from me.
3: Sweet. Whereabouts, uh, whereabouts? I'm in Taylor. Okay. Okay. Sweet. So actually, say- uh, Oh, go ahead.
1: oh yeah, I was just going to say like I actually um just recently moved to Lake Orion with my fiance. Um so that's been pretty sweet. We've uh, we've really enjoyed that.
2: Like we got here
3: that's maybe 2 months ago. Yeah, you guys have a sick crib.
2: Yeah, it's dope. Nice to have a practice space. <laughs> yeah, yes. Not have to practice at my
1: dad's anymore, which is nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you when don't... you guys play a show like where do you say
3: you're from sort of thing? Southeast Michigan, right? I think that's nah, like
2: metro Detroit usually. Yeah, Metro okay. Detroit, Southeast Michigan. You know, because apparently Metro Detroit doesn't mean anything. Fans from like fucking New Baltimore are from Metro Detroit, so <laughs> right, I right, It's a Pretty good. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you can just abuse that. I'm from Metro Detroit. You're somewhere in Southern Michigan, aren't you? I, yeah,
2: I could get to Detroit in an hour if I sped real fast.
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I I always like it. Wonder like where, not not really. I wonder, but it's like it's kind of interesting to me to see like where people define the radius of Detroit. You know what I mean? Like how far some people are willing to go and still say they're from the Detroit area. You know what I mean? Like an hour away is probably oh. pushing it.
3: You know? I've also noticed like it depends on like what people are saying like you're from Detroit for. Like are you from Detroit for like the culture or like, you know, something else going on. Like it, it can change the answer a lot.
0: Right. I feel like yeah. if you're in a band, it sounds cooler to say you're from Detroit. But if like you're trying to date like a rich girl or something it's better to say you're from like you know
3: <laughs>
0: Birmingham Bur- Burmy, Birmingham
3: <laughs> <laughs> I like how that's the go to too when you're trying to date the rich girl yeah. Birmingham I feel but like I so like-
1: many so many like Michigan bands like totally say like especially like in the pop punk scene they'll say like Detroit pop punk like it's kind of weird to say like you know oh we're uh we're like lake orion pop punk or rochester yeah, know, hills right. pop punk you know
0: right you know, as if there's like two it. different brands of it you know
1: yeah
2: exactly exactly That's yeah, it was always weird because i grew up like in oak park which is you know like borders the city of detroit so like i yeah did grow up in the detroit area so it always it was always weird for me because i went to school in rochester hills like hearing people who lived in rochester hills or even like oxford define themselves as being from the like detroit area oh yeah like,
3: dude, it's, when I, 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 went know, school, <laughs> I went to high school in oxford and they were all like detroit yeah we're from detroit like every single one of them like are you kidding me like this is oxford michigan guys like come on this is like yeah, small right. town that's, nowhere that's
1: country
0: at that point like come yeah on. so like i grew up in uh in linden which is like 20 minutes south of flint um but no one's ever heard of linden and so, a lot of people will say, like, you know, I'm from the Flint area, but it's, like, very misleading because Linden is in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's, okay, hold on. It's not in the middle of nowhere, but it's, like, it's just this very small town. You know hey, what I mean? Hey, like, hey. it's just very white. As one
3: of those, I've come from nowhere people because, like, I'm Canadian, so I originated in, like... <laughs> tiny town, Ontario. So I know what it's like to be from nowhere, but for some reason we still had like six Tim Hortons in town and it was like a population of like a thousand or something like that.
2: Well, that's a legal requirement. So that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> true,
3: I was going
1: to say true. that hits every stereotype in the book right there.
3: I know. I'm a so Maple Leafs fan, Not- eh? I <laughs> know. It it depends. Like right now, just to, to mess with my girlfriend, I am a Leafs fan, but I've I've been a Wings fan for a while too. She's a Wings oh, fan, word. so we 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 play that rivalry up.
0: Yeah. Something to just kill the monotony, I guess. Like I as a Barbie, <coughs> as I've gotten older, like with when it comes to sports, like I'm at the point where I really just don't give a shit at all. Like I used to care so much about sports. Like, I would uh, live and die with teams, but you get older and it's just like, oh, it's, I feel like it, it's kind of sad to, uh, like, the the people who are just like hard Lions fans that, like, every single year, like, I know people like this, and, you know, sometimes I can be like this, but every single year, like, you know, it's going to be the same old shit.
3: Oh, for and sure. And yet,
0: you still get angry and you let it affect your mood. It's like, dude, what did you expect? Like, get a hobby or something. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, do something.
1: My, else. my philosophy is. Like, if you're gonna, if if you've gotten to the point where you're gonna like draw like one of the letters of the team's name, like if you're gonna like paint that on your like belly or something, that's when you've gone like past help. <laughs> like, it's over yeah. at that point.
3: I like what Casey defines as past help. You have painted yourself with their letter. What about those diehards that tattoo crap on them, like the Detroit B for the Tigers and stuff? It's like, no, man. Yeah, that, yeah.
0: That's like, that's a little different. I could see that. Like, Maybe you know, like I still would make fun of it, but also like the D is more of just like a symbol. You know, it's kind of right. bigger than the team. You know, uh,
3: I
1: guess, I guess, I got you. Uh, it but, does kind of represent like the city more at that point.
0: I yeah, agree with that. Yeah, my friend has a, but my friend has a uh, detail, and I'm not saying that just to defend my friend. Uh, you know, he can handle <laughs> himself. <but> like he, <laughs> right. I'm actually okay, saying fine. this to make saying this to make fun of him. He has it tattooed like on his side. Like, like on his hip area. I'm like, what the Ouch. fuck? What? That's like such a cute spot to have a, an old English <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> um, oh. How long have you guys been a band?
3: Uh, I've been in a band with Casey, according to because I'm jokingly I have a LinkedIn now dedicated to almost made the mixtape. Apparently, I've been in the band <laughs> for seven years now.
0: Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> I was LinkedIn like, for the band.
3: I I I yeah, put it down. I didn't uh, even
1: know that. That's that's yeah, sick, dude.
3: That's how I ended up friending the drummer from. Uh, oh God, what was radio? The, uh, Go radio, yeah. The Go, drummer radio. From Go radio, radio. Yeah. Is connected to me on LinkedIn now?
2: Well, uh, way to connect with me on LinkedIn.
3: I'm sorry, Todd. I didn't look for you cause
0: I didn't <laughs> realize that like people were from band. I didn't you know LinkedIn. I have a LinkedIn for like the. Um, extinct part of me that cares about having a professional career. But like, <laughs> I didn't realize like that musicians were on there. Like, do you feel like you've actually, you like you said, you just, you made a connection. You're, you know, you play with somebody that you met on LinkedIn.
3: Uh, like, I've, yeah, the guy from, uh, the drummer from Go Radio that made a parade split off project ended up friending me on or uh, linking with me on linkedin and we talked a few times about stuff so it's it's weird he's the only other musician i've ever found on linkedin so maybe it's just the two of us
0: yeah i was gonna say like it was like you guys were like two ships passing in the night sort of thing in the middle of the ocean like oh my god there's <laughs> another one
3: it was weird and, like when i tried to talk to him about the music he was all like no but i have this like fashion side project where i'm like doing clothing and graphic design i'm like but that's not really why i want to talk to you right now <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i could see that that's so like that kind of makes me think think of something like when i'm sometimes i'll try to get bigger acts on the podcast but you got to i feel like in order to land them unless they're asking to be on a podcast like i feel like you have to almost not talk about The thing about them that's most popular because they hear it all the time. You know what I mean? Makes sense. Yeah. So I'll look into their shit and try to figure out some obscure interest they have or like some obscure thing they're doing that's not popular. And I'll be like, I want to talk to you about this. You know, and I feel like it hasn't worked yet. It's like totally hit
1: a broadside. Like I hear you're an Assassin's Creed fan or like (laughs) something that's like such a weird like fun fact about them,
0: right?
3: To tell us about your underwater basket weaving, like pronto. (laughs) <laughs> is that a thing?
0: No, not, not in the least. Wow. I don't even know what that is, dude. I was going to say. I, well, I mean, it's kind of in in the name, you know.
3: I would assume <laughs> you're making baskets underwater.
0: Like, is basket you know weaver still a thing?
3: I don't know. Maybe on some third world island somewhere.
0: <laughs> um, music. See what I see. What I'm saying about how this just weaves in and out of nonsense. Hey,
3: the, I'm the, a fan of
0: questions. nonsense. Good, good. Um. So you guys been a band? Well, you know, about seven years. Um. Any tours at all? Even like a weekender, ever playing out of state or anything like that?
3: We've wanted to for a long time, but I don't. I don't think the time has come up properly for. For it yet, like we've we've talked about it, and there's been some like inquiry into it. But it, there was all there's always been stuff that you know we've we've got going on. Like I recently had a baby this year, so oh, it's made thing. Yeah, thank you. It's made things. So yeah, that's another thing. If you hear him screaming in the background, he's not had a, a very good day today. So he's napping right now. Hopefully, <laughs> oh, but, uh, <laughs> well, we should
0: for the Go touring ahead,
2: thing. I think we should probably also explain a little bit better. The although we've been a band for, or I should say. Although some form of the band has existed for about seven years, it was not always the same band. Originally, it was Brendan Casey and then another guy who was the guitarist. I guess Mark was technically the bassist for a while, right?
1: Yeah. But
2: that was under a different name, Way Past Saturday, which then took a bit of a hiatus at some point and came back as almost made the mixtape. And I've only been a member for... Uh, about a year and a half now at this point. So I was that's I was gonna say part like, of how the, why we haven't toured yet.
3: Yeah, that too. I, the
2: the the band like
1: the actual like almost made the mixtape band has only been a band for like maybe a year year and a half. Um, so like you know like Brendan and I have been playing for a while, but like the actual band and like everyone in the band now we've only been going for about a year, year and a half. So it's, it's really just been kind of a focus on, on getting attention locally, but touring is definitely something that we wanted, you know, like being able to go like for a weekend and hit up like, you know, Chicago or something would be like sick. Like we'd love to do that.
0: Yeah. I think like, so I I feel like you guys are, I'm trying to place you guys age wise. I'm 29 and it sounds like you guys might be closer to that. Maybe considering one of you bought a house and has a child i don't know if that's the same person
3: well no i I have the kid casey has the house i'm the oldest in the band at 28 gonna be 29 this year so
0: okay see like i i want to i'm curious for you like being around that age not that we're old like in the in you know in the world in general we're not old but i feel like in the music scene especially like the diy I feel like an elder statesman, even though I've only been around in the scene for like a year or so.
3: I, I totally agree with that. And I, I totally get that, that concept not to not to put a damper on Casey or Todd here, but no, for sure. I do feel like when there's certain shows when we play and there's acts and you're like talking bands after, and they're like, Oh yeah, man, we're all going to go out and party after this and blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, I got to get home to my kid. <laughs> it's like, right. I, I'm ready to go home. I'm old. So I definitely see like, that aspect of it and the energy that it brings to it um I, I i it's a different sense of energy i think when it comes from like younger musicians they tend to present themselves more in a more uh ridiculous bombastic kind of energy like the very high energy and I'm, i tend yeah. to be yeah. very relaxed wouldn't you agree you guys agree i'm I'm relaxed maybe <laughs> say
1: for the most part yeah sure Nobody <laughs> says anything. <laughs> there is no confidence in Todd's answer. There. <laughs> yeah,
0: let's mute him real quick and find out the real answers. Yeah, right. <laughs> Off the record.
3: Let me just yeah. deafen for a second.
2: No, no, it, it is interesting with the younger scene in the in the DIY, especially. I mean, some of our good friends and uh, a band called Something Missing. They're all like eighteen or something. And their first show was also, they played Sad Summer Fest, which, like, I would say is probably our biggest show to date.
0: But like, okay, you guys were we on both that. Played this,
2: yeah. yeah, like, we both played the same stage at the same show. And, like, that was their first show, you know, and they're 18. And it's.
0: How do they swing that? I wonder.
2: No idea. They're not even sure.
3: <laughs> Magic. <laughs> wow. They but, um, had
1: just—I mean, I mean—talking about their age, they had just graduated from high school, and like I, I get, like from what, um, from what Gavin told me in something missing he's their lead guitarist. He's like, yeah, we like rallied like all our high school friends to just like vote for us, and they just like got like so uh, many votes because they—I mean, they were like graduating, and they were like, hey, vote for us before you go, and like it all just kind of like happened at once. It was it was a good move
3: yeah no that yep. it, was, it was really good like and that, like for that to be like their first show like that's i would i would kill to have that feeling like because it felt i don't know about you guys like it felt freaking amazing for me to be on that stage and be there like that was the coolest thing ever for me at the time like that was really cool and, did you guys uh, play
0: the the crowfoot the ballroom stage
3: we were or the like, pike room stage
0: even but that had, would be fucking dope we had I love blinded. that room
3: Yeah, we headlined the pike room stage, which was sick. Well, that put
2: us at the same time slot as every Avenue, though. Yeah. So that we still, I mean, I
1: was stoked about that because, like, we play at the same time as every Ave, and we we still pulled in about 40, 50 people in that pike room. We had a
3: decent crowd in there, and then what was really cool was looking at and then seeing the guys from State Champs over, like, chilling by the bar watching our set, which was pretty cool, too. That's sweet. That's that was
1: It was a fun show, man. We had a blast.
0: Yeah, like, I. I just played like my I'm in two bands and uh the I just joined a the second band I joined is called Pursuer and we played um my first show with that band was uh, Audio Tree Presents like we got you know fortunate you know to be on it it was cool but like we played at the Loving Touch and um I can't remember what I was oh it was just really cool to like you know talk with the the bands that were on tour the band uh, the headliner was called Motherfolk and um it just what I'm getting at is big shows like that. It just feels cool to just see like, even though there's the, the headliner, you know, they might have like millions of plays on Spotify or whatever. Everyone was just chilling and everybody was just like on the same level. Like if you oh, were yeah. in a band, you were just hanging out and there was no like, I mean, I'm sure this isn't always the same across the board, but there wasn't any ego at that show. It was just a good ass time. Like everybody was just, you know, had you know mutual respect for musicians which i think is one of the cooler things about um i mean the the diy music scene just like the kind of the emo punk music scene in general just seems like everybody like if you have an ego you're kind of called out yeah yeah Yeah. but no one wants that shit like it doesn't make you cool yeah
1: oh yeah that's have you guys
0: um yeah dude Uh, yeah sorry i'm not trying to brag or anything but like i you know i just i get excited about things i I Happy that we played it, um and it's
1: all about man,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean though that's, I mean honestly, the reason I do this podcast is because I want to make connections for my bands, you know what I mean, like there's some podcasts, which I kudos to them, like I super respect there's like a, this podcast called emo trash podcast, they're not musicians, they're just fans, and they they do the podcast just because they love talking music, I like talking to bands, I like you know interviewing different bands and things like that. But really the reason is because I want to learn things and I, to, you know, use to help my own bands move forward and make connections so that like I can get more shows, things like that, you know, while also helping the scene out. In yeah. A way. It's really cool. Hey man, maybe one day I'll make money doing this. Who knows?
3: Um, <laughs> that's the that's 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 the dream that we're all in, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you go to the podcast website and you go to the very bottom, I, I had the website say uh we all want to quit our day jobs because <laughs> yeah. that's the dream. Uh, but, um, sorry, I'm talking too much. I ask you a question now. So you guys, do you guys work like regular nine to five jobs and stuff too? Yeah.
1: Oh
3: yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I, was, I like a like, little weird. Like I, I actually just got out of work at seven. Um, I mean, I'm working from home obviously with everything going on, but like my normal schedule is like a 10 to seven. So like, it's a little different, um, but it still works out like, you know, when we want to have practice, like in the evening. Oh, yeah. cause it's not like I'm working at like a night shift or something like that. You know what right. I mean?
0: Right. So, yeah, we all have roommates. Really- oh, sorry, sorry. It's, t- it's saying, hard you know, like, to do this are- because <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. You know, no, you're okay. You're no, okay. no, you're good. I was just
2: going to say we all have like, yeah, like office jobs with general kind of regular work hours for
0: the most part.
1: Yeah. they are all very boring extremely boring
0: true i want to just put a tidbit for the listeners like who are listening in the future um yeah so there's gonna there might be interruptions and things like that because it's it's so hard sometimes like when you're not in person and we don't have any video going either there's you know there's naturally going to be like people interrupting each other because you have no idea when someone's about to speak i much prefer to do in person and when this quarantine is over if you guys want to do another episode if you guys like When you put out another album or something, or if you want to come back and promote something, we can actually hang out and do it. That's far better.
2: We would love to uh, do that.
0: Hell yeah. Um what are some of uh some of your guys' like musical influences?
3: Oh well. I, I, I'm very old school when it comes to music. Like I started drumming like in like middle school and high school. And I took a lot of like stuff from like eighties hair metal, um, and like our eighties arena rock and arena pop. Like that was my genre a little bit. And then nineties, I got into the nineties alternative and nineties grunge. And then I did, I hit punk rock and pop punk in like high school and middle school. So like I, my favorite drummers of all time have always been, um, like, it, it, it's it's a big toss up between uh, uh, oh god uh steve smith from uh journey uh he was uh, on tour with them from uh escape for 1980 he was fantastic a guy was like form fantastic super classically trained but could rock like no other and then uh, uh phil collins was a huge influence of mine as well
0: yeah can i ask you a question also oh, in terms of you know when i hear you know 80s hair metal drums or you know from any drums from that area i think of the production being like big like huge sounding you know like they put a bunch of reverb on the drums like everything just hits and it feels it sounds like you know it's in an arena hence you know the title arena rock right. so do you try to bring that at all into the the production on your guys's records at all or do you
3: sometimes it depends like when i'm doing stuff i like to be able to hear the percussion i like that you know like and it it also depends on like the mood of the song as well there's always a big thing with drumming when i've gone through and and when i've recorded things and written tabs or you know my thing has always been a can i play it live if we're like recording it is this something that i'll be able to play live consistently to give people the best live experience and then also like am i doing the song justice am i drowning out the other you know music am i taking center stage when i shouldn't be you know i've always looked at my instrument as more as like a a support device for everything else and i try to bring that across um but like if i can still like have like You know, like I like doing solos and stuff like that. Like that's a big thing for me. So if I get a chance to do that, that's kind of when I think like the '80s, like kind of hair metal stuff comes out when I can really like just shine as a a single instrument.
0: That's really cool. Because like I've played with, it's 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 good to hear. Like I love hearing drummers, you know, talk about trying to be like the not not the backing part but you know what I mean like the support system like you said because I've played with really good drummers but their skill is apparent but sometimes it doesn't always suit the song or the jam or whatever to just show how good you are right I mean sometimes like overkill like a yeah I think the mark of like a good musician is knowing I mean, in my opinion, this isn't like by any means like you know the end all be all. But in my opinion, I love when drummers know when to use silence and know when to use space. You know what I mean?
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, just for makes sure. The like
0: rest of it more effective.
3: You don't sound so like my my biggest thing too is like even some of the stuff that I'll get into like you know when, when we're looking at it is like. Is there? Am I being too much? Is there too much going on? Does the song sound cluttered? Like I'd rather have a song like at the end of it when the final production comes out to sound neat and tight and tidy, rather than like cluttered and loud and like maybe full of some really cool shit. And it's like very complex and very intricate, but it can make something sound too cluttered. Whereas if you dial it back and kind of trim some of that fat out, you're actually doing a lot more, and you're saying a lot more with less
0: yeah you gotta be conscious of the mix you know you gotta be conscious of like what else exists I mean that's just anybody in any band you know like you have to be like you can have the really cool part but you know like that took me forever to realize like I became such a, a much better musician when I started to think about not just my part and how cool it was but like how did it fit in with the other parts um but yeah I'll let you the other guys um talk about your musical influences before it's odd. Sure.
2: Okay. Um. So mine, I'm the bass player. So mine aren't, I guess, what you'd expect. I mean, of course, I did always like you know Mark Hoppus or Mike Durant from Green Day. But kind of what got me really into like sticking with bass and not moving on to other instruments was people more of like the jazz or funk kind of yeah that, more of that genre. The Victor Wootens, the Jaco Pistoriuses, you know Stanley Clark, Marcus Miller. Evan Brewer releases solo stuff, you know, those kind of guys. Cause that was just kind of the first time I'd ever seen someone like treat the bass like its own instrument, not just like a low, bad guitar, you know?
0: Yeah. So do you, do you use like any effects on your bass at all? Previously?
2: No. Um, it's been a while since we've been able to play a show. Um, since then I've gotten like, uh, uh, I mean, I guess it's sort of the base equivalent of like a tube screamer, but it's got a little bit of uh, distortion on it. But it's a Tech 21 Sans Amp bass driver. So it kind of mimics that uh, tube amp sound and can throw a little bit of s- distortion on top of that. So that's really so, the extent of what I have currently, though.
0: I mean, never underestimate the power of like adding just a little bit of drive to a bass. You know, I, yeah. I'm a sucker for like fuzzy bass. Were you one of the people who like grew up like you always wanted to be a bassist so like, you're one of those unicorns or were you like a guitarist who drew <laughs> the short straw
2: <laughs> no i actually started out a trumpet player uh, but one of my brothers um decided to play bass in band because he couldn't play guitar in band which he wanted to play so he did bass and there's just always a bass line around so i learned how to play bass from that and then at some point uh i got my own bass for my birthday and went off to college and that was the only instrument i could play you know you can't really practice trumpet in your dorm room at two in the morning but you can definitely practice bass so that's kind of necessity i feel but.
0: what i heard in that sentence was i only practice music at 2 a.m that's right <laughs>
2: <laughs> some of my best work
0: <laughs> dude casey i'll get to you real quick but i just wanted to like speak to what you uh, what uh what todd just said like and oh, there's some truth it, to the fact there's some truth to like sometimes my best ideas will come at the most inconvenient fucking times. Like it'll be two in the morning literally, and I'll I'll have a lyric pop into my head and I'll be like, okay, well, now I'm fucked because I have to write this, or so otherwise I'll forget <laughs> it. And that's just like kind of my process is, you know, whenever something comes to me, I'll write it down. But I can't just sit down and write something. You know, yep. it has to it has to come. So like I actually get that like that sort of concept um but yeah casey all you well,
1: well actually real quick piggybacking off of that like i i totally feel you there because like um i mean i'll actually sit down and like like since this whole quarantine thing has gone down i've just been writing a bunch of like acoustic songs and like I'll i'll like sit down and say okay i'm gonna write a song and then i'll get like you know halfway through it and like just totally it'll I'll feel like it's going nowhere and I'll stop and then like I'll like lay down in bed that night and just be like ready to close my eyes and then the idea comes and it's like fuck me now it's like there like there goes my sleep like I'm gonna be tossing and turning now the whole time like it happens all the time
3: yeah no for sure like me like lyric writing and stuff like that, it hits me often in like the shower or my drive home. I, I don't know why, but that's, that's when inspiration strikes and when inspiration strikes, like you just gotta, you know, do what you can to remember it and get it out.
0: The shower a yes for me too. Actually, oddly enough, because honestly, it's like one of the only times when I'm not listening to a podcast or I'm not listening to something. I'm one of those millennial type people who constantly needs mental stimulation.
3: Yep. It's a very stimulating place to shower for creativity. Hey, hey, great Your acoustics sound great in the bathroom.
0: I've recorded vocals in a bathroom before, actually. Just to, I thought I was being cool. Yeah, like, um. They turn out. Well, so it wasn't for like the whole song. I love, I'm the type of person where like, if someone asked me my favorite instrument, I the recording studio is like my favorite instrument. Because I like doing all the weird type shit. So it was really just for like one specific vocal part in the bridge of a song. And I, I wanted like a really weird echoey shit. And I, I love using whatever's there in the space that I'm at. So it was at my grandparents' guest house and it was all empty and this was never released or anything. I just like, you know, tinkering around. And so I just stuck a microphone inside the shower and stood in the doorway. And I was just like yelling apart and it sounded awesome. Honestly, you know, like you just have to, it's fun for me to like work with you know the environment that I'm around and just making that sound good rather than being very particular about a certain sound and how you, you know what I mean like so yeah. when I'm working on a record like I just I use what's there in the studio rather than like trying to find a place that has all the things that I want beforehand you know what I mean just adapting
1: to like whatever the situation is bringing
0: you like, yeah. Like, hey, I haven't tried this before.
1: I'm gonna give this a shot. Like, doing like vocals. I, like, I personally, I never would have thought of doing that. That sounds like really cool. Like, I, I, that would never have crossed my mind. But like, I could see how that could work in certain situations for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun. Like, I don't know. I'm the type of person where I do things ass backwards all the time. Like. When it comes to songwriting, producing, things like that, like I, in my mind, I, the type that, like, I hear all the different parts. So, in my main band, in a daydream, like, I I write all the songs and things like that. And, like, I have, you know, I I do all the recording except for the drums because I could never play drums. I suck ass at drums. But I go into the studio with the drums already recorded. But sometimes I'll record the guitar first, which is like a major no no. No one should do that, you know? But, it's just works. He used to for do me. that
1: all the time.
0: Yeah, like you know, I'll talk to producers. Like, well, did you do any pre production? I'm like, no. And well, do you have drums done? Like, no. I'm gonna do the guitar first, and then we'll do drums. Like, yeah, right. What? I'm like, just <laughs> trust me. It's gonna work. You know? I totally
3: understand that because as like a drummer, like I won't write a drum part until like I have a guitar part in front of me that I can hear the melody for. Like I can have a vocal melody and a guitar part, and it's like, okay, here's a beat for the song. Here's where it's going to be. Now I'll add on top of it and kind of layer it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like if you're, uh, so like the, I would write songs with the drummer. Like I need the. I can never write a full song on guitar. I just have ideas that kind of flow together. And then when I get with a drummer, that's when the song actually gets written. And then I have the full guitar part and then I can record it. And then I can record drums after that. It's a weird process. But I think the idea that I'm trying to get across or the point is that you don't have to always follow the rules. You just have to figure out what works for you and, and gets the most out of what you're trying to create. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. For
1: like sure, for sure. we uh, you know, Todd and I, Brendan, I don't know if you've watched him and, and Brian, I don't know if you've uh Finn McKenzie, the punk rock NBA, um like mm-hmm. his YouTube channel. I I I know Todd and I both watch it and I, I like watch it religiously. And uh he was in a in a, one of the episodes he's talking about uh Suicide Silence and uh Mitch Lucker and how like when Mitch would go to record vocals like when he would go to do his screams in the studio, he would actually like, they give him kind of like basically this elevation. So he could crouch over and cup the mic, which is like supposed to be like this huge no, no. And like, you know, the metal world, like you're not supposed to do that. And he's just like, you know, that was how he did all his screams. And like, they just came out sounding so good. And like, he was working with some of the best producers in the game at that time. So like, you know, obviously they were cool with breaking the rules. So I think that's a really good point.
0: Yeah. I mean, not to get overly philosophical here and, you know, I might sound like a giant stoner. I swear to God, I'm not high right now. But like, (laughs) if you, if you think about it, like some of the most groundbreaking discoveries just in humanity in general were people who saw the rules of, you know, you know, whatever was the generally accepted viewpoint on a certain subject and thought of ways to break it. You know what I mean, like oh yeah in in general, like the rules are just there for for you know like a beginner course, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, stick to these things, and you will always be able to you know make something out of it, but it's okay to always it's always okay to venture away from them and just see what you come up with you know there's there's nothing the only real rule is does it sound good or does it not, you know
3: exactly, yeah. It's really hard and at least in my opinion to put like a box around musical creativity. Like, yeah, maybe there's some like super off the wall shit out there. But at the same point, like if you really listen to it, like it sounds good. Like some of the best stuff I've heard like sounds really weird as all hell.
0: Yeah. So what are what are um like the music the most think about the most recent music that you guys have written or released? What are some um bands or anything like that that you could maybe say that was influenced by or maybe you could compare it to.
1: So um I know for me personally, like we're actually uh we're kind of in the midst. It obviously it's been put on hold, but we're in the midst of recording a new EP right now. And uh like it's I, I feel like it's kind of going more in the realm of like um more of like a Jimmy Eat world or like Blink One Eighty Two, self-titled, um, even like, oh,
3: like it's like a more emo pop punk, like more emotional, more like thought-provoking. I would say, like it's like deeper, yeah. deeper, deeper is a better word for it. Deeper, just deeper.
1: It's it's definitely still got like you know the base of it in pop punk, but like we're we're kind of drawing off more of like classic emo influences um, and kind of throwing those in there as well. And I'm I'm really stoked on how it's sounding. Like I, I think it sounds cool. I mean, Todd, what do you like? Like when you hear our stuff, like what what bands kind of like come
2: to mind with like our newest songs? Hmm. Honestly, I would say we're even leaning a little bit into some of that early screamo too. Because I mean, yeah. Yeah, some of our yeah. stuff. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always hard. I mean, not to be the stereotypical guy in a band, but like, oh, it's kind of like this one artist, but not exactly. Like, I don't think we necessarily sound like any of these bands, right. but I think we definitely do have, like Casey said, a little bit of that, like, mid-Jimmy world kind of sound, a little bit of saves the day, but like, maybe a little bit of Hawthorne Heights as well. Because it is, I mean, I the guitar you. is a little bit heavier than your general Midwest emo.
0: I'm yeah. all about that. Like Big Manchester Orchestra fan.
2: Oh, dude, yeah.
1: Like, we, like, That's the thing, like, you know, a lot of, like, emo now is, like, like you said, it's, like, the Midwest emo, and it's very, like, almost, like, tiger jaw kind of sound. Like, the guitars are are a lot more, like, jangly. And, I mean, twinkly is the
0: popular word.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a a good (laughs) word for it, honestly. And, like, I, uh, I I mean, our guitars, we just, we don't go that way. Like, ours are a lot more, like, I, I was just listening to, uh, Census Fail the other day, um, and it was dude, yes, like dude, they're one of my favorite bands, and like I, uh, you know, I I I think our newer stuff, like even not on this EP, but like stuff that we're kind of recording for future st- projects, are like a lot more like in the realm of like Census Fail or Saves a Day. Um, oh, for sure, and like
0: like what era uh, Census Fail?
1: I would say like two thousand four. Sense like let, it
0: enfold it let it unfold you so let it unfold you like
1: you know like bite to break skin or uh bury yeah alive, you know that kind of shit like yeah and that's that's kind of how our guitar tones are like like when i play live um i always try and get my guitar tone to sound like that kind of like obviously it's got like the heavy distortion it's got the heavy kind of like bass to it and I just feel like it really complements what Todd does and like usually the tones that he goes with. Um and so like for us, we we definitely want to kind of capture that sound. Um so it's it's more of a heavier emo than it would be like a you know Midwest emo, if that makes sense.
0: It absolutely does. Real quick, I wanted to um I mean, I actually I don't know if this can be real quick because I love census fail. But like, so when I was First starting to play guitar um like seventh eighth grade census fail was one of the first quote unquote emo screamo bands that i found and like i would like from let it unfold you i could play that all the way through on guitar i would just you know teach myself those songs and in eighth grade um, uh, me and a bunch of buddies you know joined we, we formed a band and we our whole thing was we wanted to play the eighth grade end of the year dance you know so we played Bloody romance by senses fail at like a school oh. dance. <laughs> dude, it was Are you so,
2: serious? Yeah, That's dude. So it was awesome.
0: so Yeah. I was just telling my buddy about that earlier today. Like like these two girls kissed me on the cheek at the same time after I played Bloody Romance. And I felt <laughs> like my life my life had peaked. You know what I mean? I was like, finally, this is what I expected out of playing guitar, you know?
1: Like I'm officially a rock star. This is yeah a-
0: and like I was uh, wearing jeans, like girl jeans, like a white shirt and a black tie, <laughs> and like uh, long hair, you know. And it was just like the singer was terrible. You know, it was just god awful. But overall, so did you
1: have? Did you have like the full on emo swoop at the time? Like was this like? Like the mall emo kind of deal? or like
0: No, because my hair, like, I mean, not to turn this into a hair podcast, but it, it like gets wavy. <laughs> it's more like hockey hair. You know, it gets curly okay. at the, uh, when it gets long. And yeah, like that.
3: No, I feel yeah. I, I deal with that on a daily basis.
0: But I did, like, how good I felt about my hair was directly related to how much did it hang in my face. You know what I mean? Like, if I could make it touch my nose, I felt super cool, you know?
2: Well, yeah. absolutely. oh for sure Casey and i went Hell to a yeah. private school so we were, had like rules about how long our hair could be so like <laughs> how cool you looked was like how long your hair was so in the summer you just wouldn't cut it at all it looked terrible but you were convinced it was like the dopest fucking haircut you'd ever had oh yeah
0: oh okay. yeah. yeah absolutely and like my dad hated it too because like he when he was growing up he was like a rocker type guy He never, wasn't a musician but he would you know my most of my musical influences as a child were from my dad like nirvana metallica like all that type of stuff nice. i guess but he didn't want me to be a fuck up because like i was good at school i was really good like, academically so like he tried to push me away from all the things that were that you would associate with like being a burnout you know so he was always trying to get me to cut my hair and i didn't want to and um <laughs> teenager and it, just made me, yeah, it, it just made me yeah it just made me want to um do those things even more you know Oh, for so. sure. Of course. Which one of you guys has the child?
3: Idea, that's me. I do uh, you think? I'm just, now, but yeah. Oh, really? Well, I've my my girlfriend had one from a previous relationship that I've adopted. He's eight, and he's getting him into all the good influences. I think he's our biggest fan right now because that kid jams out to our CDs more than anybody else I know.
0: That's what I was kind of going to ask a, a question, like kind of around that. So, being a dad. Do you feel like you, because for me anyways, like when I have a child, I'm going to shamelessly push all my influences onto that child. You know, I'm going (laughs) to indoctrinate them instead of religion. I'm going to indoctrinate them with good musical taste. (laughs) So I'm curious, like what, you know, what is it? Do you have plans to do that? Like, do you really like want to push your kid to be a musician or?
3: Like he wants to, he's definitely like, he wants to do music stuff. He's come to me before and told me like, He's eight he's I've tried to teach him drum stuff in the garage, and you know there's he gets to the you know bored after the first thirty minutes like it's like okay, I just go ahead and slam out to whatever the heck you want and like it it's it's it sounds like an eight year old playing and he but he has fun with it, and that's the important thing for me like seeing his face light up like music for me has always been a huge passion so it it doesn't matter what kind of music, like I'd rather it be my kind of music that I'm into so I can share with him. But if it's something that he's into and he's passionate about, then I'm definitely not gonna stop him with any of that. And like my my other son, he just turned two months and like when when my girlfriend Kiri was pregnant, we were like nonstop like jamming out to like emo and like that's something that her and I share is a lot of like similar musical tastes so we'd go from like listening to like queens it's a kind of magic album to like blink-182 to dude ranch so
0: nice that's awesome i feel like i when it comes to children like uh i know that i'm not anywhere near like ready to have a child but when i am when i you know when i finally do have one the thing I'm looking forward to more than anything else is being like the cool dad who can play guitar. You know oh, what I mean?
3: For sure. it's like a guilty, like thought and like dream of mine. It's like, yeah, all his friends are going to think I'm cool. Cause you look at all the stuff you know, I'm going to be, I'm definitely going to be able dude with the memories, pulling out like albums and pictures. And it's like on this date, on this time we played the stage with all these people and it was freaking awesome.
0: Yeah. So I was, uh I was talking, so I'm, the record I'm making right now, is um, I'm working with Nick Diener. Do you know him at all?
3: The name sounds he, familiar.
0: He he was uh like the main, like the front man of the band, the Swellers back in the day.
1: Oh, okay. I love <laughs> the Swellers. Jeez. Yeah. Dude.
0: Yeah, well,
1: Hell yes.
0: Yeah. So I'm working with him and he has a son who's maybe like two years old. And um, the last time I was at his studio, I was telling him like, dude, you know, you realize like when he gets older, you're going to be the cool fucking dad but he was like yeah I think that but then also like he there's there might come a time when you know he deviates from it because you hear about a lot of not that he's a huge celebrity but you hear about children of celebrities you know they're so it's so normalized to them like what their parents do that they think like the the kid whose dad is an engineer that dad's cool you know what I mean like you're just used to the fact that your dad's like this sweet musician. Like, and right. you know, Nick has played with all my favorite bands. He's been on tour with like all my favorite right. bands from back in the day, but like his son, there's a very good possibility that his son will be more in, he might want to be a fucking lawyer or something. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And that, that's, that, that would break my heart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point though. Like, you know,
0: honestly, um,
1: I feel like it's pretty rare that you hear, um, Of, like, you know, it's like the big name bands and, like, you know, those kind of like, you know, quote unquote celebrities. Like, you very rarely hear about their kids like starting bands. Like, they always seem to be interested in something else. And I almost feel like it's like they're so determined to try and like make a name for themselves in something else as opposed to like just following in those footsteps. You know what I mean? Mm
3: -hmm. That whole seeking their own identity thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you look at sports too. Like it's more common in sports for the children of athletes to become professional athletes. But I, to what you're saying, like I was trying to think about, you know, a, a child of a musician became a musician. As you were saying that, and I thought maybe like Miley Cyrus. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <You> what, <know? laughs> that's
3: exactly what hit me. Miley and Trey, two very different things from you know someone who is completely and totally different.
0: Ziggy Marley is an example of someone who kind of followed in his dad's footsteps, I suppose you know yeah. he, he was like a reg but you know not in our scene right. you know you don't you don't hear a lot about like punk kid children of like punk musicians <laughs> forming punk bands travis's you know?
3: daughter joining up and becoming a drummer or slamming guitars for the next blink 182
0: right but think about like if your if your dad or your mom is like really a, a huge fucking beast it can be pretty daunting to even want to even try to start learning that instrument. If like your parent is like one of the all time greats, it's like, dude, I could be good, but I will always be compared to my dad or my mom. And that's just, so what I'm trying to say, Brennan is don't be too good. You know oh
3: I mean? no i I mean i'm i'm just, that's the guys i'm terrible see they're 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 gonna be the other influences gonna be around so i'm I'm gonna expose like my children to uncle casey and uncle todd here and uh maybe they can pick up guitar or something
0: nice so um that's oh, casey. really sweet
1: but at the same time i i don't like uncle casey that makes me feel too old bro
3: <laughs> imagine get how over I'm... it, bro you're old <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, my sister, like I'm the oldest. I have two younger sisters. And, uh, my youngest, youngest sister, she's 20, she just turned, well, she's turning 25 this year and she just got pregnant. And that would be like the first child of my blood, my blood sisters. So I'm going to be an uncle and it feels really fucking weird, especially since like the youngest sibling is the first one to get pregnant. And, you know, me and my other, the middle child, my sister, we're both kind of just like, floating around directionless in the career field, sort of just trying to do our own thing. And our youngest sister is the one who's like having the traditional life. You know what I mean? Right. But I'm definitely gonna be the cool uncle. I already told my sister, like I'm (laughs) gonna be the uncle who like sneaks the 14 year old kid, like a beer at Thanksgiving, just like fuck it. You know what I mean? The
3: fun family members were, they're going to tell you everything.
0: Yeah. I work for CPS by the way. So like I can say these things.
3: Oh see, there you go. <laughs> You're covered. You're covered.
0: Yeah, I was gonna tell you, like that the fact that you adopted a child is, is awesome. Even if it was your girlfriend's kid, like I used to work in foster care too, and like we had so much trouble finding like good homes for kids who need adoption. So like props to but, you, dude.
3: Oh, like I think of him like every day, like as my own kid. Like, you know, it's 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 a cool feeling to like, you know, I've always been in the mindset with anybody, like parents can be like biologically maybe they're not yours, but like you can still love somebody like their own you know, your their own kid, and whatnot. And it's 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 a good feeling. Like he's a good kid and I love him to death.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's awesome dude I do not I w I don't I won't go too far down this rabbit hole because I have a million things that I would ask but I don't want to like go like on oh, the no, music no, podcast. No. But um Casey I don't know if like I think we got sidetracked. I don't know if you actually listed bands that you were influenced by. <laughs> <laughs> did not, man.
3: Awesome. Oh
1: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: So Finally, um, Casey, who do you like?
1: <laughs> so honestly, for me, like I feel like if you listen,
3: Casey,
0: I think yeah, you guys hear me still.
3: I can hear yeah. you, yeah. Casey, did you uh did you die? Did Fuck you, him! He's out of the band. What'd you do? <laughs> did you trip over a cable?
2: We can't kick him out. None of us can sing, so.
0: <laughs> So while while we're waiting for him to come back, let me ask like so what so what remind me like what you guys each play in the band.
3: So I Brennan's do drums, drums right? and backing vocals. Yep, that's me.
0: I'm the bassist. Okay. Is
3: I'll there another member like of the band some... that's no. no, just us three. We 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 fill out as a, a three piece. We try to yeah.
2: Casey and I kinda split up the rhythm guitar role. I try and play up higher, you know. Higher than oh, that's a normal cool. bass normally would. He generally does a mix of, you know, rhythm guitar stuff, but also switching off to like lead licks and that kind of thing whenever he can.
0: Because, see, like, I think that it's definitely possible to be. I mean, I've been playing in my own band in a daydream for a while as just a two piece, just me and a drummer. And I think it's definitely possible to make that doable. I think the problem that bands run into when. You know, sometimes you'll see like a three piece or even a two piece where, you know, they the sound, it doesn't sound full enough. It sounds like it's missing something. It's mm-hmm. kind of back to what we were talking about with like the whole studio thing. You have to just work with what you have. Exactly. I feel like sometimes right. bands don't make the most of what they have, but I think it's definitely possible, you know, like look at Green Day, you know, it, talk about like the early influences, like they were a three piece, but they worked it, you know, oh, yeah, for that's,
2: sure. that's well, the sign I feel of a like- good band. Punk bands honestly, I think a big part of the problem is a lot of bassists just don't know how to fill up that extra space, you know, if you don't have Mm. a rhythm guitar. That's something I feel like punk bands don't necessarily get enough credit for is their bassists are like honestly very, very talented and very good at knowing when to play chords and when to, you know, mess around in the, you know, whatever scale they're playing, you know. It's they're very, very good at filling up that space in a way that doesn't step on the guitarist's toes. Like it's something that I'm just constantly blown away from. It's I never really noticed it as like before I tried starting to like learn how to play those bass lines and I guess I kinda went into it thinking like, oh, this will be super easy and they were way more complex than I expected.
3: Yeah, you dude. do it fantastically, Todd. You are shout out to Todd. You think you the man.
0: Thanks, Brendan. You mentioned Mike Durnt, and he is uh I think in terms of like punk, like the you know, three piece style bass players, by far my favorite, just because he does what you described so well. Like he knows when to just like sit back and be like the, like the sort of the foundation, you know, like the filling out thing. But then he also knows when to go up higher and like play a lead part and like, you know, overcompensate for the lack of another guitar player by playing something cool. You know what I mean? Like there's a Mm -hmm. lot of, especially, you know, like old school green day, like international super hits, like when that was their greatest hits album, you know, like, (laughs) the lines that you would hear from them would just be so interesting. And I remember like reading interviews about, um, with green day and they would go back and forth. Billy Joe, um, and Mike Dirt would go back and forth writing songs together and like trying to like outdo each other. I think the, uh, the article I read was specifically about American idiot when they're writing all those like super long, like rock opera type songs. Like the way they structured those was like, they would just go back and forth. Like, One of them would write a movement or whatever, and then the next one would write it and try to outdo the other. So they were kind of treating the bass guitar like it was another guitar in a way. And then when it needed to just be a bass, a traditional bass guitar, it would do that, but then it would always jump back into being like a melodic instrument, which I love bass as a melodic instrument.
2: Same. I mean, I'm a little bit biased there, but... Yeah, we... We try to I do, do apologize, by
1: the way. I'm back. I, uh, there he is. My, my, my uh, cat decided it was a good idea to uh, knock into my laptop and kind of uh, cut my sound for a minute. My mic got disconnected, <laughs> so I apologize for
0: that. It's all good. We've been sitting in silence for the last two minutes. I know. <laughs> this
1: is really <laughs> all going to have to get
3: cut. The whole thing's going to get
1: cut. I had to wait for me to come back before he could keep going. I mean, Come
0: on. Hey, look we'll at like the floor, singer though. syndrome
3: now. <laughs>
0: yeah, dude. Yeah. God damn. No, I'll give you the floor though. I think finally we'll get to hear what your influences were.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Um like honestly for me like if you listen to our music, uh you can basically read me like a book cuz I'm I'm all about like the early 2000s pop punk sound. Um like New Found Glory, Sum 41. Dude, yes. Like that's that's all me. Like that's that basically like when I was a kid, uh, you know, I was I would listen a lot to like Billy Joel and Queen, cause like that was um, you know, what my parents loved and I grew to love that too. But like when I got really excited about music was like when I got to be like, you know, 10, 12 years old, and I'm hearing like, you know, Blink on the radio, I'm hearing, you know, Newfound on the radio. Like that's what got me wanting to write songs and I, for me that's really never changed um, I feel like lyrically I've gotten a lot more like mature but like in terms of the sound um, it's it's the early 2000s pop punk scene all the way like that's that's always been it for me
0: so that's the goal let me of me ask you, sound so let me ask you a question so I love that shit too the first album I ever bought was Sticks and Stones by Newfoundland Glory. oh yeah so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned them but here's my question because i've i've kind of wondered this for a while and i'm glad it's been brought up so like you said your lyrics have kind of you know matured with you and stuff do you feel ever like you know this isn't a knock to anything but like do you ever feel like the sound of that like punk sort of feel can ever like take away from the depth of lyrics because i feel like a lot of times people just hear things Like if you hear like a punk song, you might associate that with a type of lyrical style. And if you're trying to be more like deep with your lyrics, it does you ever worry that like the, maybe the music takes away from the depth of the, um, of the lyrics, or do you feel like the music itself is also like the instrumentals have changed slightly to go along with the lyrics as they've matured? Does that make sense?
1: Oh no, that makes total sense. And and honestly, for me, um it's never really been a concern because I like to think like when I write lyrics, um they're very like hard on sleeve kind of deal. So like when I'm writing about stuff, it's going to be about like you know, specific experiences I had and exactly how I was feeling during that experience and um I feel like that kind of helps the lyrics to have a little more power behind them. Like, I mean, when you hear something like, I'm just a kid by simple plan. Like, it's like very, very like, I I love simple plan to pieces, but I mean, obviously the lyrics are pretty, you know, juvenile. Like it's like, yeah, you know, they didn't exactly like, you know, work super hard to write those. I, I feel like when we write lyrics, the three of us, because I mean, all three of us contribute to the lyrics and, um, I cool. honestly think like all three of us uh really try and write about stuff that is is a lot more relatable to our age like I almost feel like like you think about like the Wonder Years and like soupy and like how he's just like so yeah. like everything he says is like super open um I feel like that's kind of lyrically the style we have, but then we just take like that more or at least up to this point in in the band we've taken like you know more of that 2000s pop punk sound with like the i guess sad boy vocals if that makes sense we just kind of fused yeah. them together and i don't know i i think it kind of worked out well for our music so far i feel like it's it's you know it's it the messages still get through in a lot of ways
3: oh for sure like i, I mean i've got ideas like for lyrics and stuff like that that again are like more relatable to like people like my age and whatnot And it's you know the stresses of like adult life and like that kind of like second coming of age like there's the there's your coming of age and like yeah i'm an adult now woohoo. and then there's like that second coming of age where it's like you're no longer you're you're an adult adult like you're not a child adult like i see like from like like early 20s and whatnot you you've got that like carefreeness and then you hit like adult adult and it's like the responsibility hits you so i think a lot more lyrically at least stuff that i write gets into that niche a little bit and communicating the message on the platform of like that fun kind of pop punk feel i think i don't think it detracts i think it makes it more accessible
2: okay also with that is it we did? I mean, while we still have kind of that same mentality going into writing the music, like it has changed, you know, not like a complete genre shift, like it's kind of been more gradual. But I mean, the stuff we're writing now, it does not sound like the stuff off of the first or second EPs, you know. It's, and I mean, some of that I think is more because, well, <laughs> Casey is grown as a musician and just writes harder stuff because, you know, he's not 14 anymore. Not, <laughs> you know, not, you know, not to knock 14 year old Casey, right, right. Much, much more talented than 14 year old Todd was at bass. <laughs> you know, it's not a, it's not something we shifted to match the vocals so much as just, you know, you learn more about music theory or you just get more comfortable playing certain chords. So you're able to, able to play different chord progressions and you become more a,
3: established. It's more of like yeah, an yeah. establishment. You find in your, your, your voice. Sound grounded and you you're now taking you're, ta- you're taking the sound like i've always looked at this these upcoming albums it's like we've been like our first album was like fun and you know the our our second one and the, the one we just put out has all been i think finding that sound that is us and i don't think i mean i can't speak for todd and casey but i don't think we're ever gonna find that sound and i think that's a good thing that keeping Absolutely. that experimentation like fresh and like trying new things and going in different directions and and again it's more about we've we're established we know the rudiments and everything but we're not going to be kept in that box and that label we want to be able to kind of expand out onto that and like make it our own
0: you kind of took the words right out of my mouth because yeah. what i was thinking was like if that whole process of trying to figure out what your sound is i think the mark of like a, a really good band or like a band that i really like is that they're constantly having to do that you know what I mean? Like from from record to record, they're having to find what their sound is. Like I I don't like when a band quote unquote finds their sound and then that's the next four albums. You know what I mean? Like I like when a band they 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 just look inside themselves or they look at you know what is going on in their life at that moment and they just write to that, and then that's their sound then. And then you know it's it'd be too easy to just write the same record or just take all the B sides of stuff that you that didn't make that record and make it better and then put, make that be the next record. You know what I mean? Yeah. It it doesn't stay up to date, but I like bands that I've like, you know, Manchester orchestra is an example where each record is kind of like a progression and it's more, you know, relevant to what their taste is at that moment. You know, people don't like to hear the name brand new and, you know, for obviously good reasons, but I think brand new was a band that each record was like a documentation of where they were at, at that time.
1: Absolutely, Radi- they're, and they're
0: one of the best yeah.
3: examples of that. I think that's why I love brand new.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do too. Like, I, I, the music—that is, you know, what I mean, like, I can't condone exactly. like the no, Jesse no, Lacey no, thing.
3: No, you. Sure. I mean,
1: that broke my heart, man. Like that—that that yeah. hit hard. But like, I, I I do think they're a good example of a band that you know does evolve, and and I I do think that or or did evolve, I should say, and and I think our music um definitely is. I mean, I I look at all the EPs we've released, and like I I do think each of them do- definitely has a different mood or feel to it. Um, but like the stuff that's coming out now is definitely going to be a little bit more of a shift than what we've done in the past.
0: You know Not what bigger. I mean? I yeah. think you have to do that. You have to challenge yourself to do that, even to get excited about the release. You know what I mean? Like- Absolutely there's a certain like i feel like a band they could establish themselves you know they could release a record and then get a good response from it and then it could be so easy to write that same record because they know it was responded to favorably but i think like it wouldn't it wouldn't be as rewarding as releasing something that you feel vulnerable about and you feel unsure of and then getting positive response to that you know what i mean like well, it would the, get the,
1: so stale otherwise you know
0: yeah dude like nobody wants to hear the same thing a million times It's just oh. kind of the reality yeah, I'm with you a hundred percent
1: and and I think we definitely are are shifting that way like we're we're like with stuff that we've been doing lately writing these songs we're just we've just been like demoing stuff out and um i mean it's it's definitely a good shift for us and I think it's it's a healthy shift, and like I know that you know, I I know that all three of us are super stoked to uh finally be able to record all that and um show people like what we've been up to in terms of our songwriting because I do think it's gonna be something that is gonna take people like pleasantly by surprise, you know? And yeah. and I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the 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 chance to show people something new.
0: That's cool. And so Casey, you are you're the singer correct like the, the the lead vocalist yeah so but all of you guys kind of contribute lyrically so is it ever weird and this is questions for all of you guys but is it ever weird to have either your lyrics sang by someone else or to sing lyrics that are not your own how does that was that, that kind of like um, um
3: I'll, I'll, you, I'll, you guys, I'll, you guys I'll, go first oh okay <laughs> uh, i guess i my thought on it, it's more like, yeah, this is like my voice, but when I'm writing, it's it's my thoughts and feelings, but I'm also keeping it cognizant that it's like the lyrics are the voice of the band. And if I'm writing something that these guys don't like or they want to change whatever, you know, if I'm trying to... Like there's stuff where I, I I know I've talked with Casey before about like recording vocals where I've like demoed demoed vocal melodies for him, and it's like I've stressed in certain points like this is the kind of emotion I'm going for, and I try to have that conversation with him, and then he's really good about he's able to like pick up on that, carry that over through like the recording process and like and vice versa I think if if he has like vocal parts that he wants us to 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 sing and and and, and contribute to. I think a lot of it can be said that um, we're good about listening to one another and being able like, uh, we have a lot of like really good communication as well. And I think that's a, a big factor.
2: Yeah. I don't find it too weird. I think for me, it's just by the time we get to the point where somebody's like singing the lyrics I wrote, it's been such a collaborative effort to just put the whole song together that it just kind of feels like something uh. greater than what I originally created. I mean, some of the songs we're recording now are some of the earliest lyric sets I ever wrote, and honestly, I probably my least favorite song I ever wrote is ending up on the EP we're recording. <laughs> because, like, how I imagined it, I, you know, I mean, it—it it was the first one I ever wrote. I was just excited to have written something, but I didn't like it very much. But then Casey read the lyrics and came up with just an entirely different melody and made it sound way better than what I had ever imagined. So it's just. You know, by the time we get to that point, it just, it doesn't quite feel like just my lyrics anymore,
0: if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense.
1: I definitely, I, I think, I think all of that, To like I can, I, I when I sing the songs, I, I basically, I, I feel like a lot of it helps too, that like all three of us in a lot of ways, I mean, cause you know, we're all around the same age. We've all been going through um, You know those those changes like you know your mid twenties and stuff. So like Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of our the stuff that we end up writing about is similar anyway. Um, So like a lot of those experiences, like when you go and you sing about them, it's they're all they all fit together in a way. Um, So it's not something that necessarily I even think about when like like if we're on stage uh singing the songs or you know in the studio and like you know banging out the vocal tracks it's not something that um that I ever really think about because uh i just feel like a lot of our a lot of times like our headspaces are kind of in the same area if that makes sense so like yep. it's you know that that definitely helps too but it's it's also just for me it's exciting to be able to like hear what other people write and then for all like, like Todd was saying, all of us to come together and like kind of make it happen together. Um, it, it, it feels more like a unified project at that point than it is. Like everybody has like their own different moves, you know?
0: Yeah. There's a camaraderie to it. So like, i Yeah, I mean that's I what I'm what I'm hearing is what I've kind of always hoped I could say about one of the bands that I'm in. So like I'll give you kind of a little brief autobiography of me musically. So like I'm cursed with this brain that like has to have at least one project that it's just all me. And like I have to get all of my ideas out into one thing. And that's what in a daydream is. So like I no one really and all the people in the band, they know this going into it. So I make sure that people are cool with it, but no one really gets a say in the lyrics. No one gets a say that much, at least on the record in like what they're playing. Cause I play everything on the record. You know, I I give them leeway live for what they can do. You know, they can make it their own live, but like, I want everything to be very specific. You know, like the lyrics are all me. And it's, it's just, I worry sometimes about, you know, how the other musicians feel like if they don't relate to the lyrics that I'm writing and singing, you know what I mean? So I've always envied, you know, a band that can be collaborative in that sense that can, you know, come together and, you know, like, here's the lyrics that I wrote. Like, this is kind of what I'm going for. What do you guys think? You know, but the band that I've joined, you know, in the last few months, Pursuer, like that is more of like a collaborative environment and it's, you know, there there's still like a main songwriter, like our singer, you know, writes the structure of the songs and he writes the lyrics and stuff. But he's open to writing. I mean, he's open to us, like the rest of the band, kind of contributing and stuff and like kind of changing things around. And I think the point that I'm getting at is I think the difference is the relationships that we have. So like in my own band. I think there's potential. There's definitely potential for the people I play music with in my own in in a daydream for us to get closer as people, and then I feel like the collaboration will expand from there. But in Pursuer, like I'm with three people who have they went to high school together. They've known each other most of their lives. So there's the social relationship being comfortable makes it easier to kind of collaborate musically, and I think you know from hearing you guys talk, I feel like you guys must be kind of close outside of music in order to do. You, I mean, that's kind of what I'm asking. Do you feel like your guys' personal relationships makes it easier for you guys to collaborate musically? Oh, for
3: sure. I would definitely yeah. that 100%. Like Casey and Todd are like two of my best friends, like not to get all gushy, but you guys are, you guys are the bomb. And like being, having that connection, I think makes it easier to, open up like I feel far more comfortable talking to them about like if I'm writing something and it's like you know like it's a piece of me but it's like here I am and they're like able to like take that and and understand it and, and they can relate to it and get excited about it yeah
0: that's pretty that's right yeah all business so on the opposite end of that do you I mean there's got to be times once in a while, where you know someone has an idea and it's maybe not the best, do you feel like your personal relationship being so good makes it easier or more difficult to be like, "No, nah, I don't think that's good," because if you you know if you know someone really well personally, you might not want to hurt their feelings, but all, you know you also might be more like maybe biased towards their ideas if you like them, like I'm just curious like how your relationships might affect the way you perceive each other's ideas. Редактор
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I would also say that if for stuff that people don't like, what you tend to get isn't just flat out rejection so much as a little bit more constructive criticism. So sometimes it'll be, oh, that's an interesting idea. What if we did this instead, though? You know, instead of just like, no, I don't like that. That sucks. You know, Casey in particular is very good at just kind of reworking some of our rough patches to take something that he maybe doesn't like in its entirety and turning it into something that all of us are happy with.
3: I like like yeah just to, to to chime in on that as well like it's 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 that professionalism of like here's the band this is the project we all have to be in agreement on stuff before it goes forward there's no egos that get in the way of anything here like we're all working towards the same goal and we're all open about it and we we all are able to like communicate with each other to say hey you know we we I think it's that level of comfort allows us to be honest and then like we can be Honest in a way that's like good, but like you know, we're not totally like Casey said. We're not like harsh and like super dismissive. Like, no, that I that idea sucks. Like, don't ever bring up ideas again. Like, we're very diplomatic. I think. Yeah. But I think we're also we all have the same understanding, so that we all are on the same page when it comes to stuff like that, where there's no real argument. Like, if I come up with something, and I'm like, Hey, Casey and Todd, is this good? You know they're going to be like, no, maybe we should shelve that for later. And then because I know that they all want, everybody wants the same goal, I'm not going to be like argumentative about it. Like, well, no, I think this is the way it should be, and get into a hissy fit about it.
0: I think listening, I I honestly, dude, like I really enjoy listening to you guys say these things, especially that last question, because like I, I've interviewed a lot of bands, you know, over the past year and i really really enjoy listening to the bands where they clearly have like you know a close personal relationship with each other because regardless of how the music sounds and a, a little aside like i often if i haven't heard of a band or if i haven't listened to a band before they come on the podcast i won't listen to them till afterwards because i don't want like my perception of their music to influence how i view them when i'm talking to them so like i still i haven't listened to you guys yet but i'm going to after this but i love hearing bands they're just the way they communicate with each other. And you guys are one of the better ones in terms of, you know, you guys really are clearly on the same page. And I really enjoy seeing that. Um, one, because it's like something I've always wanted for myself. And I finally found it in my second band. You know, I'm still trying to work to cultivate it in my, you know, my main project, but I, I really admire it when I see that in, um, in other bands. And That kind of leads me to a question. I'm just kind of curious for a band where you guys know each other well and things like that. um, What is kind of like your guys' favorite part in general of just being in this band? Like what is the thing that is the most rewarding to you? Whether it's an experience or just like a general thing.
3: In general, like for me, my whole reward comes from like creating something with these guys and like knowing that I had something to do with creating something that we all like and that our fans enjoy. Like, for me, it's all about the creative experience and the creative process and where that ride takes you. Cause Sorry, I was in the middle of that. But like, it's like. Being able to create and like that ride and where it takes you can really it's it's a rush and it it's a cool thing to like like i've I know I've talked with Casey about it before, like one of my favorite experiences is like going in studio and recording something and being there till like two or three in the morning and working your butt off and then finally getting something out on the other end that sounds like halfway decent and then getting geeked about it and talking about it for like the next week and whatnot before we actually release it yeah.
2: I would say my favorite part's probably the live aspect. I just I've always really liked performing live music. It's I don't know. It's just you, you know if you mess up, I mean honestly people don't don't really notice. But you know there's always sort of that it's live. You have to be on the top of your game. You've got to be really good at kind of reading where everybody everybody else is at. You know if we're playing at a different tempo than the song was written, you gotta make sure that you know. You're you're playing at the same tempo as everybody else, right? Kind of just on the fly. So maybe somebody drops their pick, you gotta piss. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's just there's a lot
3: of a lot of things that go wrong.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're contractually obligated to bring that up every single time we can.
3: It's in you the know, contract go, somewhere.
2: <laughs> there's just a lot that can go wrong and how dare you! <laughs> Uh, ah yeah, so I just find that really reform. rewarding. It's the whole band coming together and really, you know, you're showcasing what you spent all this time and energy creating and you know, recording perfectly and now you get to show everyone live, you know. It's just it's it's different than than the recording process in a in a very fun way. Yeah. Thank
3: Yeah.
0: So, going off what you guys said, I'm going to answer my own question because, you know, sometimes I do that. But um, I honestly think that my favorite part is the practices like I, I feel better and I get a bigger rush from kind of what you were just saying. You know, when a part comes together for the first time, like when you, when you're working on a song and like the whole band clicks that first time and you're just all like, fuck yes. Like, this is awesome. And you just think about how awesome it's going to be live, and, but you don't have any of the nerves because you're just hanging out, maybe drinking a beer with your, with your guys, you know? And I, that is what i love the most about being in a band is is the practices yeah
3: like it's yeah, a lot of fun
0: don't get me r- wrong like i love playing live and i love like when like for instance like the first show i played with pursuer at the loving touch like we were so ner- i at least i was i was so nervous like going into it cuz my first show with the band blah 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 you know it was a big show and i Couldn't even enjoy myself for the few hours leading up to the, our set because I was so nervous. But like after the first song we were clicking so well and I was just like, holy shit, I was having so much fun. You know, I was, I was just like shouting just like, fuck yes, for no reason. You know what I mean? Like I looked like an idiot, but that wasn't as good as the feeling of being in the basement where we practice and, just like being able to speak to each other about how cool it was to like be doing it, you know what I mean? Like it's it's the camaraderie is is kind of like where it's at for me. Yeah, for sure. You just
3: kind of get it.
2: <laughs> You're good. You just get you know, first time that that new song all comes together in practice, you just get the goofiest smile across your face that you just can't, just doesn't go away. Just Oh,
0: yeah. yeah, dude. I have a go ahead. Yeah. So I'm going to take you all the way back because, like, if just in general, if I'm ass- answering this question, it goes all the way back to high school. Because um, in a daydream, used to be me and like one of my best friends, Brad, who played drums. And we grew up together. Like, we met in like seventh or eighth grade. And I, we started playing our instruments at the same time me, guitar, him, drums. And um, we played covers for like the first year or so and then started writing together. And the first song we ever wrote, like when we realized that we were capable of writing songs and like, after we had written the first song and we had it down and like, maybe like maybe the first couple of times we played through it and we realized that we could play through it all the way. And we were just absolutely in love with that song. Like that was probably my most cherished moment because it, it was the moment that made me realize like I can be a musician. Like this isn't a pipe dream. Like I I'm good. You know what I mean? Like not like I'm amazing, but like I'm good enough to make myself happy with what I'm writing. And that's the point, you know? And I think, I mean, that's like the cheesy sort of like nostalgic answer, but I think like the most recent, like more currently relevant answer would be like when I joined Pursuer and you know, they had sent me demos of. You know, they were a three piece, but you know, it. They definitely needed another guitar player. Like they're very much like a. We're very much like a brand new meets citizen meets like Circus Survive type band. Like you need two guitars, but all their dude. Uh, I we're writing an album. Like I'm. I'm so excited about it. I'm fucking. I'm so excited. But like I would. You know, Vince would send me demos with drums guitar and bass and vocals and i would write parts over top of it and i'd be really excited like holy shit this is gonna be awesome you know like I, because his rhythm guitar parts are very much very much brand new like daisy era brand new um just kind of like nirvana influence type style but like add like odd time signatures to it but i my lead guitar parts are more super ambient I I have a huge pedal board like I run two amps at the same time like in stereo like I do weird like I try to get a huge lead guitar sound and a lot of reverb a lot of delay and the first time maybe it was like the second practice together where um, the first song that we decided was going to be like the song that we liked the most when the first time that clicked like in the second verse specifically when the drums come in with like a more steady beat first time we hit it we just all looked around I mean we were stoned but like we all looked around and we were just like holy fucking shit because not only did I realize that like my contributions had like kind of taken this band to the next level but like they all realized it too that like we were not only I made myself excited but I also made them excited about their own band you know and the fact that I was in it so like that camaraderie combined with you know the musical side of things like i felt like i i felt so validated you know and sorry i'm just rambling on but like i love that shit dude
3: right when that light bulb clicks for sure
0: yeah it's it's different too It yeah, it really is because like for for me, what I've been used to my whole life is having a drummer and just writing everything myself and just you know recording everything myself. Just being very alone, like I can be very excited about what I'm doing, what I'm recording, and but there's no one to share it with. You know, I can have these light bulb moments all day long about shit I'm recording myself, but to really share it truly with a full band of people for the first time was like holy fuck! Like I. Now I'm chasing that feeling with the band where I'm the songwriter. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's great. Um, I I want to ask you guys. First of all, do you guys have any like time constraints? Like, do you guys have anything? Any specific time that you need to be done? No,
3: not not terribly. I mean, I've got I've got like work stuff tomorrow morning earlier, but I'm I'm good.
0: Okay, I can always like.
3: I mean, yeah, like we can we can go. I can always like hop off of Casey until I want to keep going in my my stead. Like, I'm I'm okay with that too, if need be.
0: Word, okay. Because I, I, with episodes that I like, I like just going. So if you guys need, to, you know, I'm just basically I'm just telling you, like, if you need to do anything, if you need to go for any reason, just let me know. Um, because sometimes I get caught up in it.
3: I love doing this fucking podcast. I <laughs> no, love like, this shit. I, no, we're like, we're good to we keep, we're, keep going. We're talkers <laughs> too, yeah. Like, if you keep going, we're going to keep going for the most part. Like i'll talk your ear off all day freaking hell yeah that's an old guy mentality of mine
0: dude i feel that and that's one thing about this podcast too like i feel and you can correct me if you think that you've you know if i'm wrong or if you feel like you've seen examples of this but i've one of the main inspirations for starting this podcast was like seeing bands social media presence or just their media presence in general not having a lot of their own personality but rather like a lot of like memes and just trying to like fit in with whatever is kind of like the thing at the time, which I get because you want to be popular. You want your band to like, kind of be relevant to whatever's going on in the moment. But I didn't, I felt like I wasn't really getting a lot of like a taste of what these bands were all about.
3: Right. Like Like your social media. Like, I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't really, you know, i can I can't speak for Casey and Todd, but like your social media I've always thought is marketing yourself out there, and there's like pieces of yourself that you want to market, but then there's the there's the pieces of you that like your fans never see unless they come and interact with you at shows and like for d i y bands, a lot of that is like while we're like so geeked if someone comes up and talks to us and wants to hang out with us after a show, like not a whole lot of people are like committed enough i guess when you're going on at like one o'clock in the morning to want to spend like an hour after the show to like talk to you so this kind of does give us that platform to be like hey yeah we're not just our social media and what you see on stage and what like we're people here too like we're goofy
0: that's exactly the point that's exactly what i'm trying to do so i'm glad that it comes across that way like sometimes you know we, we go off the fucking rails but you know that's kind of part of it also you know, like I, I just want people maybe especially people who aren't in bands, I want them to hear what it's like for musicians to just hang out in a We're way.
3: We're people too. We're people too.
2: <laughs> We're people too. People with weird, weird stories. <laughs>
3: I, I have said yeah. the weirdest stories I've ever heard from people are people who are musicians. Like like it it's it's crazy. You you get up to some stuff when you're in a band and it's not always your fault. Sometimes stuff just happens while you're there.
0: Are there any like moments that come to mind for you guys that being in a band put you in a situation that you never thought you'd be in? Maybe not even music related, but like it's just like wow, I wouldn't be here right now if I wasn't in a band and this is fucking weird.
3: Yes and no. Yeah, that was that was a good one. It was the alley behind the cookie. he's fantastic (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we need you. You can't leave. Uh, right. I did. I, it was, he was, he was, he was nervous after the show and he was, it was as soon as we got on the highway, he, he did better and we got him home. So Not I, didn't in Birmingham anymore. The rest of, I didn't get to stay for the rest of yeah. the, the, the sets and whatnot after we played. I just, we, we went right back and dropped them off and whatnot. But it was, it was fun. I think the craziest thing I was was, I think it was back again in the way past Saturday days. We were playing the old Miami in downtown Detroit. And I had to park my car like, I was like two blocks away. And I'm carrying my drum stuff like, between my car and the venue, like on the sidewalks of downtown Detroit, and I was stopped by like four homeless people asking about the same building that apparently had burned down like the night before, and I had no idea. And they're trying to get like directions from me. I'm like, I'm not from here. I'm just, I'm playing a show two blocks down that way. It was that was a that was fun too. At like ten o'clock at night, yeah, we ended up going for slows for barbecue afterwards.
2: Can't beat that. Well, mine's a little bit more positive, I guess. Um, <laughs> for me, the thing that just kind of struck me was playing Sad Summerfest. Like, even still thinking back on it, I just, I still can't believe we got to play it. Like, the first one, kind of the Warped Tour replacement, like, that is still so surreal to me that we made it on.
3: Yeah, that was a cool experience. Did I you guys,
0: when you guys played that, did you get to, like, Hang out with any of the bands at all, or were uh, I'm curious, like, how these bigger bands behave when they're on a festival with a bunch of locals? You know what I mean? Not
2: the, not the touring bands, they were kind of cordoned off by themselves. They had like a separate stage, obviously. So they did all their sound checks while we were loading in, and I'm assuming just hung out in their vans. I mean, it to be, was, it was extremely
3: hot. Yeah. It was hot.
2: Yeah, true. I guess state chance was wandering around.
0: I feel like maybe this is me being idealistic, and because I've never tasted actual like. Musical fame or success, but I feel like if I ever did experience, like, get to that level, I would be the person who would actually be in the crowd, like, it, like interacting with people, like, there to be at the show. You know what I mean? Like, because I love talking about shit so much. Like, I would, like, if people actually liked my music, I would want to just stand out there and just have people talk to me about those things. Maybe oh, it gets yeah. old. I don't know. Maybe. I hope I never get to the point where that would feel old because it's like I want it so badly. I want to connect right. with people so badly. You know what I mean?
3: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. That's that's such a relatable feeling. Like it's 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 one of those things. Like you know, you you want to again, and I'm I'm the same mentality. I will talk your ear off all day long about like the music I like and the music I play and all that fun stuff and like I will share stories with people like I'm I like to be very like personable. I'm nervous as heck around people. Like, you know, when we, we did stuff at Sad Summer and we had people coming up to our merch booth and stuff like I was a little overwhelmed at first cuz they were like, "Oh, your music is really cool." And this and that, and talking about our, you know, our, our CDs and some of the merchandise and stuff we had, and like it was a little like overwhelming for me. But at the same time, it was also exciting because I did get that opportunity to to like talk about that stuff. Yeah,
0: that's. I just uh, like I've I haven't even released a record yet. You know what I mean? So there's not even the opportunity for people to even hear my lyrics outside of a show of mine. But I just imagine like even the times when like, well, first of all, I imagine, like, how cool it must be to have your lyrics sang back to you by somebody, but even after a show, when people come up to me and talk to me about, like, my guitar tone, I feel like I've never felt before in my whole life. You know what I mean? Like, it it's so addicting. It's so awesome to, like, for people to recognize you for the very thing that you want to do the most. Like, it's, it's one thing for, like, a teacher in school to be like, oh, you did a good job. You know, that's a good feeling, but, like, when it's something that it's the, the truest version of yourself. And it's like, it's the closest thing to what you actually want to be more than anything else. And people are recognizing that it's just like, holy fuck, this is, this is the best thing ever. I like, I had, I struggle going to work sometimes because it's just like, I just think about like my boss would be ringing me out or something. And I just think about, remember that one time that kid really liked my guitar tone and we were talking like, I don't need this shit. It's irrational. (laughs)
3: <laughs> right, you just really. Yeah. I've had I've, I've 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 had those days like sitting in my cube at work, and it's like, you know what? Screw this! I'm gonna walk out and be a real musician. And as I stand up to leave and push my, I yeah, your ba-
2: your job sucks. It does. Wait. If if you had to come up with a number of times you thought that someone should be exposed to COVID nineteen at their job, what, what number would what number would you choose, Brian? Is it is it more than zero? Because that's not what Brendan's job thought.
0: Uh yeah, that's that's really ridiculous. If you have to work with people, obviously it's gonna be way more than zero.
3: Yeah, it was a uh, it's, it's been special sometimes. I mean, there and there are, there are times too when it's like I want to storm out of my queue, but it's like the stuff that keeps me there is it's like okay, I've got a family now. I have to be an adult and be responsible. I'm here. I'm gonna suck it up and take it. But
2: in the write a mean song about it later.
3: <laughs> That's right. I'm gonna mark this down for later. Check.
0: Right. Do you guys feel like? Because this is something that like I've kind of just accepted. I'm never going to stop playing music. Like this is always going to be my goal. I'll be a sad like if I'm 40 and I still have never quote unquote made it to where like I can at least live off of it. I'm still going to keep trying because I. I recognized finally, after I'm already in sixty thousand dollars of student fucking loan debt, I finally realized that I have to play music to be happy. Do you guys well like I guess like not to call out your commitment level or to have you like point it out, but like what do you feel like your commitment level is? like do you feel like you need to do this, or do you feel like it would get to the point where you could just be like happy with the family and like maybe make music more of a hobby because I've never had the family i' I don't know what it's like to have that and how fulfilling that might be but do you guys feel like music is like it has to be the thing or if it wasn't would you be okay
3: music i think is always going to be a huge part of my life it doesn't matter what i do or what i'm at in life like whether i'm like the 40 year old guy like going to every single concert i possibly can i'll still play freaking coffee shops and stuff like that and do karaoke nights and whatnot but music is always going to be something that i'm going to be super passionate about and i know this it's just a part of who i am i i love music in all forms writing listening collaborating all of it and i i'm i've been lucky enough to find somebody who's supportive of that even though we do have a family together someone who is you know very supportive of that dream and and does what she can to help a those lines too and and she has those similar interests because you know like we'll we'll go out and sing karaoke sometimes on the weekends and whatnot and go do stuff like that she's been to every single show i've played that i've been with her that's We're hoping awesome as the, the kids get older we'll be able to bring them too and whatnot so it's 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 definitely i don't see <clears> oh <throat> yeah i don't i don't see it anywhere.
0: that's awesome
2: yeah i mean I probably could find something other than music, but it wouldn't be as good. You know, it's something I've been really interested in ever since I was, I don't know, three, I think. And I found out, you know, that you could play musical instruments and I had wanted to do that ever since then. So I don't know. I guess the way I look at it is, I don't know. Like I didn't get into this to, for fame or to make money or anything. I'll keep playing small venues or whatever forever. If that's what I have to do, you know, I, I, I like playing live music and I enjoy how the band is a creative outlet for me. And honestly, in more ways than just music, I mean, it gives me the opportunity to kind of dabble in photography and videography in a way that I don't necessarily have to hold myself to a super high standard, but I can just, you know, try stuff out like that. So as long as I still feel that, you know, the band is pushing me to become a better musician, that's, that's good enough for me.
3: That's great. (laughs) you <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think like it's it's funny because like I, and I'm not outside of this group, like I'll make fun of dad bands, you know, and <laughs> it, it's like it's an insane. easy thing to make fun of bad make fun of uh, dad bands. But also if if that was my life, of course, I would be doing that. You know what I mean? Like, of course, I would yeah. be like in a, in a dad band because like music is that it's like transcendent it's just always awesome you know I mean, I mean it can suck sometimes it's not always awesome like but if i didn't have it i would i would lose my fucking mind and um it's funny that you mentioned uh brandon about your um you know your your family being supportive of you and playing music it's my girlfriend it's, it's different because she doesn't she like supports me and everything and she like wants me to succeed but it's interesting because she doesn't care really about the music. It's like in my head, like I would want somebody to like be like a fangirl, you know, and like be at all the shows and things like that. But I almost feel like her not caring pushes me even more to like, not that she doesn't care, but like that she's not like impressed so much by it. You know what I mean? Like,
3: and I think I got that. Like, because, because Kiri will tell me straight up certain times, like, that sounds terrible. I don't like that. But she's also the same person who, like, I'm the one who go like, she's my sounding board when it comes to stuff. Like, if I write lyrics and whatnot, I'll sing them to her. And I'll let her be the judge as, like, hey, what do you think of this? Does this sound good? And she'll tell me yay or nay, and that can, like, affect my opinion. She's She's very honest, and I... I respect and I adore that about her that she also has that passion for music. Like she used to play bass and she used to, you know, do marching band and drumline. So she's, she's also extremely like enriched in music and it's a big part of her life as well.
0: Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Like my girlfriend, like she's, I'm, I'm constantly doing this to everybody though. Like if anybody has like a scrap of musical talent, I'm trying to push them to just drop everything they do and just be a musician. But like, um, my girlfriend she like played piano like growing up and you know she stopped for a long time and you know I, she can still play and she can sing but she just doesn't recognize it so i'm constantly like you know play piano more blah 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 and it's just like sometimes it's hard to recognize that people don't have the same level of passion as right. you do like for instance like the drummer i mentioned before my friend Brad who like i was my first like songwriting partner we got good at our instruments together you know it was almost like a Peter Pan and Wendy, like I felt betrayed because he didn't want to actually make music his career. You know, like he, as he grew up, he realized that you know music was still a huge part of his life, but he didn't want to do it for a living, sort of thing. Right. He didn't want to like, and so there was like a time when I had to realize that not it's not for everybody. And finding, I'm all over the place right now. I'm fully aware of that, by <laughs> the way. But just like finding somebody, you know, just finding people around you like whether it's family or significant other or whatever that are supportive of your music, even if it's just like one or two people, you got to be grateful for that. Oh yeah. It's it's such a going out on a limb thing. Like when my dad first told me that he finally understood that I had to play music, despite the fact that I got a degree from college and blah, blah, blah. Like when he finally told me that he understood why I had to just leave that all behind and try to be musician. Like that was, one of the biggest moments of my life you know what i mean like because it's so easy to poke holes in this idea that you're gonna be a musician
3: oh yeah like you tell people all the time like hey i want to be a professional musician and whatnot and you'll get shot down and laughed at a lot of the time they'll you know they'll be like what do you sound like and then they'll take one listen and it's like that's it they'll write you off but then there are other people who are like supportive and when you finally get to you know to find those types of people like that's such like a that's such a validating moment to like not only to like hey i've always thought i'm good at this and this is something that i'm passionate about and i'm i love but when some when someone else sees that and you it like reignites it and almost redoubles that feeling to like make you want to be the best that you possibly can be
0: yeah absolutely and like it's, it's so anti-punk rock for your family to be supportive of your life
3: choices. <laughs> oh, for sure.
0: <laughs> but also, it's like, I you know, I, I stress this a lot, you know, for people who listen to every episode. First of all, thank you, but also, like, you'll recognize what I'm about to say. It's like, gratitude, I feel like, is very, very important for musicians because it, trying to be a professional musician can be so full of letdowns and it can be so full of moments where you're just shackled with self-doubt where it's not as you're not as big as you want to be and there's not as many people as you want to be at your show but i feel like it's very very important to like find the things that you should be grateful for and focus on those you know and having a few people in your family supporting you is one thing that not every musician has or even being able to play a show even if there's five people there is something that not every musician gets to experience you know what I mean? And I think oh, yeah. grat- being grateful for that is like my favorite thing to see in other musicians. You know what I mean?
2: Oh yeah, very true.
3: Um, I I hate to do this on my end, but I do have to to step away. So I just want to say real quick before I go that it has been uh, a pleasure. um I, I hate that I have to go but I do. (laughs) Um, It's been awesome, man. And I'm a huge, uh, I like, uh, this is, I love this kind of platform. This kind of thing is is awesome. So uh, I want to thank you very much for uh, the opportunity to, uh, to come on and uh, to do this.
0: Absolutely, man. It's been awesome.
3: Anyway, I'll uh, I'll give it to uh, Casey and Todd here, guys. Um, So uh, uh, have fun. And uh, don't tell too many embarrassing stories about me.
0: Hell yeah. We'll right?
2: <laughs> Later, dude.
3: <laughs> All right, take it easy, guys.
0: So now, is it is gone? Okay. All right, gone. So
2: now we can talk shit. All right. What's so... this fucking deal, man? <laughs> well, he did say he was Canadian.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm glad they closed the borders off. Be honest, man.
2: <laughs> More of a COVID's a blessing guy, in huh?
0: disguise. No one's no one's gonna get this far into the podcast. We can say whatever the fuck we want. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (sighs) But like what he said, you know about you know like liking this platform. I feel the same exact way, honestly. Like that shit makes me so happy, and like I hope you guys enjoyed it. I mean, I feel like you have. You know, oh yeah, it's it's definitely, dude. uh, Thank you. Like I, I'm having so much fun. Like I love doing this. Like it's even better when the bands are like in my living room. You know. I can can only
2: imagine. Yeah.
0: It is. It is. Like, when I first... I mean, I've only been at this for less than a year. So, like, last... Actually, almost a year. So, last May was my first episode release. And, like, quickly after that, every band that came over, like I'd have like made like one a week, they'd all play a song, like a, like a tiny desk type performance and they play, you know, in my room where we recorded and like once a, or twice a week, having a band who's talented come in and just play for me in my room, it was, it's like the most surreal shit, you know, like all, it just opens your eyes to like one, how many talented people are just out there, but I've, I feel so, like when bands thank me for coming on the podcast, I I just feel like dude, thank you cuz like I I'm just the guy like with the fucking computer. Like you guys are the ones who doing all these things like actually showing interest in this like pipe dream project of mine. So I really really appreciate anybody who comes on here, but I want to before I forget, have you guys like kind of plug where people can find your music, like you know, your social media stuff?
2: Sure. I hear I'll do social media. You do music. Um, So for social media, you can find us on Facebook by searching Almost Made the Mixtape will be the first, uh, probably the only result, honestly. And then for Twitter, Instagram, and now Twitch, it is at AMTM band. Every avenue, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Band Bandcamp. You can also find the music there. Do we have the lyrics up on Bandcamp? If not, we should put those up
0: there. Hey, I was going to ask the if there's somewhere where we could find your lyrics. I love reading lyrics.
2: Yeah, we've been doing more with like lyric videos and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I was while we were been talking, I uh I watched the um the lyric video you guys had on mute just reading the lyrics and like I was I was digging it, you know. It's it's cool to uh like I said before, like I like talking to the band before I experience their music, like when I do get to do that. And it's it's cool to hear you guys talk, like and hear your relationships and then see like the music. And and know that it was like a fully collaborative effort. And it's like kind of an amalgamation of, you know, the three influences and the three life experiences put together rather than just like being one person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, You'll have it forever. It's always exactly like, music you record. It's there. Like I like Brad, my old drummer is still my best friend. And like, we'll still sit in the car sometimes and just listen to the recordings that were never released that we have on SoundCloud of like the, the songs we wrote and we still love them. You know what I mean? Like in one day, you know, God forbid I ever actually quote unquote make it, you know, the first thing I'm going to do if I ever have like, the leeway to do whatever I want as a musician is to record the first batch of songs I ever did, regardless of like what people like or about the music that got me there. You know, I'm going to absolutely put that shit out because it's music has to be about what you want from it. You know what I mean? Like for me, at least like I, I can't imagine being somebody who thinks like overthinks what is popular like what do people want to hear like even though that's probably the easiest and quickest best way to like quote-unquote like make it make a living out of it you know make money from it it's it just doesn't seem like the right thing to do you know like it yeah yeah um but i guess i'll wrap it up i'm gonna um just real quick like i'm gonna when i stop the recording i just want to like um give you guys some info that's off the recording real quick but um do you guys have anything coming up before i stop that you guys want to promote or i mean obviously we're in a fucking quarantine so there's not much going on but
2: Sweet. Yeah, in terms of like physical shows, all of our stuff's been canceled. I mean, we've got some stuff potentially out in like June and August, but we'll uh, we'll see how that goes as this probably gets extended.
0: Yeah, everyone's in a holding pattern. But um, yeah. all right. Well, I'm gonna end the recording real quick. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to you guys for coming on. Right. Um, thanks and for having here's, us. Yeah, dude. Here's here's the abrupt end of the recording.